Aloha and welcome to Amen Podcast, where we preach the good news of Jesus Christ and how it applies to everyday life. I'm Lokilani, your host, and I'm joined by my husband, Alex, who is preaching about being spiritually healthy. We're looking at Matthew chapter 9, verses 9 through 13, continuing our series in Matthew. I'll read the verses as always. We're using the ESV version this week again. Um, And then Alex will just take it away. As Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax booth, and he said to him, follow me. And he rose and followed him. And as Jesus reclined at table in the house, he behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and were reclining with Jesus and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? But when he heard it, he said, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice, for I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. Amen. We're going to look through this and find out how to be spiritually healthy. If you clicked on this video, wanting spiritual health, then then you're in a good place. Um, If you're tempted to not click on this video, but you ended up clicking on it, because you may have been thinking, well, I'm pretty spiritually healthy. Maybe I can skip this episode. Um, I'm glad you're here because I was very convicted to find that I am more sick than I, than, uh, I wanted to believe I was, Mm -hmm. you know, in this passage, we're going to learn that it's better to be sick than self-righteous. Um, and not being sick spiritually, um, we are, we could find ourselves being self-righteous. So my son, uh, was next to me while I was playing Pokemon. I was in front of him, so he couldn't see my phone. And I clicked on a Pokemon. He heard the sound and immediately knew what the sound meant. He knew which Pokemon it was. And I was like, wow, that's really impressive that you memorized the sound. There's over 890 Pokemon. And so we started a little game, Guess the Pokemon. And um, he just has a sponge-like brain because he's young, but he also has an amazing memory on top of that. And so I clicked on maybe 10 or 15 Pokemon. He knew exactly which one it was based on the sound. Now to help you understand what that means, it's like knowing a completely another language. Um, and so it was like, I was shocked to learn that he was bilingual. It was weird. But at the same time, I was thinking about, uh, thinking about it later that day. And if he was able to memorize 890 sounds and know what they mean, know which Pokemon they are, then how many other sounds has he heard me make around the house and he knows what they mean? A sigh, a grunt, uh, stomping my feet, a slammed door, um, any kind of noise that I may make, just not even really thinking subconsciously, my son and his siblings know what that sound means. And I realized this week, I sound a lot more sick than I realized. But there's grace and there's mercy in that. And that's what we're going to discover in this. So look at this, verse 9, it says, As Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax booth. And he said to to him, follow me. And he rose and followed him. 
And as Jesus reclined at the table in the house, this is this was most likely Matthew's house because it says and right after that. So it's connecting. So they went and had a little dinner together and he invited some of his tax collector friends. There's It says in verse 10, there's tax collectors there, there's, there's sinners, and they were reclining with Jesus at the table with his disciples. This is a crazy wicked scene. Jesus is there leaning back, relaxing, hanging out, shooting the breeze, talking to the worst of the worst. This, these are the people who Jewish rabbis would not be caught dead talking to, let alone sitting down next to, and of course not reclining at the table next to them and sharing a meal. Sharing a meal was very spiritual. And so they would never do this. Ever. But Jesus was doing something. He was setting a precedent on what it means to be sick and what it means to be self-righteous. Verse 11. And when the Pharisees saw this, they said to the disciples, why does your teacher? He's not like us. He's different. We don't like him. We don't like what he's about. We don't like how he acts. He is messing this whole thing up for us. Why does your teacher notice they don't go to Jesus, right? This is how haters are. They don't want to go straight to us. They'd rather talk behind our back. He, they talk behind his back, but Jesus knows everything. He can read minds. Why does your teacher eat with people like this tax collectors and sinners? And second of all, haters have no problem uh, just hurting people's feelings. Because if you, if he, if the, if he's saying, if they're saying your teacher eats with tax collectors and sinners, the disciples must be thinking, well, what does that make us? You guys are, you're asking us about our teacher. Look how merciless they are. But in verse 12, Jesus comes to the rescue. When he heard it, he said, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Jesus in the Bible is referred to as the great physician. He is the one that makes us well. And what he is going to show them is that Jesus, the Messiah, the son of God has come to those who know they're sick, not those who think they're healthy. Now the Pharisees are even more sick than the people around the table. Everyone is sinful here. Everyone is sick, but how sick do you have to be to be super sick and not know you're sick? Isn't that a greater sickness? Say, say two people have the same disease. One person knows they have it. They're fighting it. They're going, you know, to the doctor to get treatment and everything. Say the other person denies they have it, but they for sure have it. Doesn't that make them more sick? seems like they have two illnesses now. And that's the problem with these Pharisees. They don't want to admit they're sick. They don't even know they're sick. They would never even admit. They would never even come to that place of humility. But Jesus says, exactly. I've come to, for those who know they need the help of a doctor. Now, here's a, a little illustration because Jesus is going to say something right now. It's really challenging. And it's only those um, who are sick that are going to understand it. Uh, go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. So what Jesus is doing here is he's saying, you guys think you're healthy and you're not going to understand this. And so try to go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. Some translations say, I desire compassion, not sacrifice. What is he doing? He's quoting Hosea 
And this is what he's saying. Sacrifice without compassion is self-righteousness. My son, um, we were all in, in the car waiting for mom while she was shopping. And my son uh, was playing Pokemon. And he said, Dad, can I do this time-sensitive part in the game? There's like these little challenges. Um, and I, I love this game because it's sometimes you have to like walk a mile or like 10 kilometers, you know, to, to, to do a challenge. So it gets us out of the house. It gets us walking and you know, it's good exercise for the whole family. It's fun. It's incentive. Cause a lot of times the kids are like, I don't want to walk. And so it's fun. And he was like this time sensitive thing. Can I do it? And I was like, not right now. I was focused on something. I didn't say it like that, but not right now. No, you know, I was focused on something else. Later that day, I put all the kids to bed. He comes out about, you know, 30 minutes after bedtime. I thought he was already asleep. So I was surprised to see him. And I was like, hey, Lion, what's up? And he was just like, hey, like, you know, how are you? I just want to see how you're doing. I'm like, I'm doing good. Thank you. And I gave him a hug. And he just kind of stood there staring at me for a little bit. And I was like, is everything okay? And he was like, I just wanted to see if that part was still there in the game, that time-sensitive feature in the game is it still there and i was like oh i'm sure it is i opened the game it was gone now if you're not a pokemon person it's probably not important to you but it was important to me and it was important to him and we we're like oh we missed this little challenge we didn't get to do it and i was like hurt um because i realized what i had done whatever i thought was more important than my son wanting to share a time sensitive feature in the game with me. Um, I'd missed that window. God bless you. I'd missed that window and I blew it. And so I looked to, to him and I said, you know, I should have listened to you and I should have asked you probably the most um, kind question a parent can ask to a child. Why is this so important to you? Tell me why this is so important to you. I could be changing a hundred diapers a day, cooking breakfast, lunch, and dinner every single day. I could be taking my wife out on these luxurious dates. I could be, you know, mopping and cleaning and washing the car and, and checking all the boxes of what it means to be a great dad on paper. But if I'm sacrificing without being compassionate and merciful and slowing down, then it's just self-righteous parenting. See what I'm saying? And that's what the Pharisees are living like. They sacrifice a lot. And because they do, they're saying, I'm healthy. There's no way I'm sick. But Jesus is saying, while sacrifice is important, sacrifice without compassion, without mercy, is self-righteousness. Being merciless is being unwilling to absorb these Pharisees were unwilling to absorb the sin that was around them. That's what it means to be merciless. Here's another example of that. My son, one of my sons headbutted my other son, not in the head, but like used his head to like hit the other brother's chest. And uh, I think that they were just like, just, you know, playing, playing, uh, what is it? Goats, maybe, maybe they're acting like goats. And uh, the other brother got hurt. And so I took the head butter and said, Hey, you know, let's talk in the room. We went to the room and I decided I'm not going to punish 
this kid. I'm just going to um, just talk to him about this. And so I did. And I was like, hey, you remember Cain and Abel? Do you remember like you know, what happens if that brother falls down and hits his head? Like, this is not a good idea. You got to know when is it when to hit and when to hug, you know, when to hit and when to not hit. And so he got all teary eyed and I knew he had heard me. And so what I realized there in that moment is I didn't want to talk. I wanted to lay down the law. I wanted to show discipline, but because I showed mercy, someone had to absorb that punishment. And who was it? It was me. And I wasn't really willing to absorb it. But once we started talking, I decided that I'm not going to discipline, you know, I'm not going to punish. Then I, the, the, the punishment had to go somewhere. I had to take it. I took the blow. You see what I'm saying? That's what mercy is. It's someone else taking the blow because it has to go somewhere. Sin has to be the punishment. The consequence has to go somewhere. And what these Pharisees were unwilling to do, they were unwilling to see their sickness, AKA they were unwilling to see that they themselves needed mercy. And because of that, they were not willing to show mercy. The only way you can show mercy is if you've been shown mercy. The only way you can be merciful is if you see how merciful someone has been to you. And so being merciless is being unwilling to absorb any sin. These Pharisees would not be caught dead with these tax collectors, with these sinners, with people who are considered traitors, people who are considered thieves, people who are considered liars. Um, they were seen as traitors to the Jewish people because they were working for the Roman government, the oppressive Roman government. And so tra who do traitors hang out with? They hang out with other people who are rejected, who are not loved. They wouldn't be caught dead with these people because if they were caught dead with them, they would have to, it would take a, a certain amount of absorbing, absorbing their pride, absorbing like, Hey, yeah, I know you guys are messed up, but you know, I'm going to be seen with you. My friends may not like me. You know, my friends may, you know, kick me to the curb too, because I'm hanging out with you, but that's okay. I'm going to, I'm going to hang out with you because I, I believe God has more for you. They were not willing to do that. What they were unwilling to see, and this is what Matthew saw, that Jesus suffered our sickness so we could inherit his righteousness. Matthew and the tax collectors and the other sinners, they knew they were sick, AKA they knew that they needed help. They knew they needed a new life. They knew they needed spiritual health. They knew that. They knew they were not healthy. But Jesus hanging out with them, Jesus, a rabbi, Jesus, sinless, Jesus, the son of God, Jesus, uh, the miracle worker. If he was willing to hang out with them and sit at their table and be their friend, what they were seeing in that is he is willing to suffer our sickness so we can inherit his righteousness. That is super heavy. As they looked across that table, they knew what this meant. This rabbi was going to be hated by every other rabbi, all his peers, all his contemporaries. He was getting kicked. He's going to be kicked out by all his Jewish friends. And they knew he was a pure Jew. They knew he was from the line of, maybe they didn't know exactly he was from the line of David. But when they saw this man, they knew this guy is Jewish and he is hanging out with us. That means he is going to be kicked out completely. And he's willing to commit social suicide. 
career suicide by hanging out with us. He's suffering our sickness so we can inherit his righteousness. Now, before you think this is crazy and that doctors would never do this, since Jesus calls himself a doctor, a physician, think about it. Doctors do this. Doctors must put themselves in their patient's shoes in order to heal them. When you go to a doctor's office, they have to, in a way, mentally feel what you feel. They have to sit down, get their clipboard out, and really start thinking, what do these symptoms mean? They, they have to almost go as far as feeling the symptoms themselves. There's this crazy story about this doctor who had the ability to do this. And he took it, you know, in a wrong way. But the reason why he was so successful, his, his rate of healing people was because he was able to touch his patients and feel their suffering, feel where the pain is. And he knew exactly within seconds on how to treat it. And that is exactly what the Lord has done to us. Good doctors put themselves in their patient's shoes. Jesus put himself completely in our shoes. He didn't just walk a mile. He walked a billion miles, an infinite amount of miles. And he suffered our sickness so that we could inherit his righteousness. On the cross, that is Jesus, the great physician, putting himself in the shoes of the sick patient. That is the cross. He felt what we felt. He suffered what we were, what we deserved to suffer, but he even felt the, the suffering that we were already experiencing. But he took it even further. And we must look at Jesus's merciless sacrifice so that our sacrifice can be merciful. What he's not saying here is stop being sacrificial. He's saying stop being sacrificial without compassion because that's self-righteousness. And in order for us to have uh, a sacrifice again and again, that is merciful, we have to first look at Jesus's merciless sacrifice. There was no mercy for him on the cross. Not at all. Sin has to be punished. We already talked about that. And God, the father, the great judge, let everything out, all of his wrath on his son. There was no mercy. There was no mercy at the hands of the Roman oppressors either. But he did that so that our sacrifice could be merciful. Are you willing to get up and go sit with the sinners? Are you willing to be identified among those who are considered unrighteous? Are you willing to be laughed at? Are you willing to be made fun of because of your faith? Are you willing to put what you think is so important, what you're so focused on aside to show mercy? That's merciful sacrifice. Mm -hmm. That's compassion. That's suffering with someone. Jesus's resurrection is the promise of new health. When you choose to live sacrificially and mercifully, there's a promise of new health, new spiritual health. Now you're unclouded, you're undistracted. You're not so hyper-focused on everything before you. You can see the needs of those around you and you can meet those needs with joy. And Jesus is coming back, which means the doctor is coming for a second checkup. And he's going to ask, have you obeyed his instructions? Whenever we start having another baby, Lokalani and I have to go see the doctor regularly. And the closer we get to the del delivery date, those checkups become weekly. Whereas before they were, you know, 
by you know monthly, bi-monthly, or bi-yearly, whatever. And so they get closer and closer together. And what he asks is, you know, have you checked on these last couple of things that I told you about last time? And it's a really embarrassing feeling when it's like, oh no, I didn't do that. And Lokalani has been great. All, all her pregnancies have been natural um, and short labors, except the last one. Um, and they've been really good. So she's good on obeying the doctor's instructions before the next checkup. The second coming of Jesus is him, the great physician coming back and saying, did you do what I told you to do? Because Jesus being the great physician means every day with him, you get more healthy. Every day with him, you get further and further away from your sin sick problem. And before we meet him, we are going through this process of sanctification, becoming more healthy. And when he comes back, there is no more extra sanctification. When he comes back, that moment is the moment we go to be with him. Now you may already be in heaven when the second coming happens, but either way, when you meet him that second time, have you obeyed his instructions? It first starts with realizing I am sicker than I ever imagined, but I am in the care of the greatest doctor to ever live. And he truly does care because he's put himself in my shoes. Father God, thank you so much for sending your son, the great physician, to give us spiritual health. Lord, we ask that you would show us the question that we need to ask ourselves and that we would answer honestly and, and uh, vulnerably, and you would transform us, God, that we would look more into your sacrifice, your merciless sacrifice, and help us, God, to let go of all the things that are distracting us, put those things down, and choose to see the needs of those around us and to be present there. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 This is the part of the episode called After the Amen, where we ask you a question to help you apply this message to your life. The question of the day is... How do you see sickness in your life, I guess? I don't know. I, haven't, I, haven't, I didn't really think of a question. What do you think a good hmm. question would be? Um, are you merciful? <laughs> are you merciful? Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, being merciful is a sign of, of spiritual health. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also a sign of like realizing that you're sick. Only those who realize that they have sickness can be merciful. Exactly. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go for go for it. Are you merciful? Yeah, are you merciful? Um, I remember when I first really surrendered. I feel like I was full of mercy for others because my sin was so imp- apparent to me, and um, yeah, I I knew how sick I was, but. As I continue on in life with Christ, um, 
you know, unfortunately, at times, it can be harder to show mercy because the, although I am aware of my sin daily, um, I'm not living in sin anymore. And so it's easy to not feel the weight of it maybe at times. And um, because of that, I feel myself not wanting to extend as much mercy as I once did and that I should do now. Um, And so I love this passage because it reminds us that even when we're in Christ, we are still here on this earth, so we're still battling sin, and we are just like Matthew. We were a sinner who the Lord did not have to call, but He did, mm. and um, because of His sacrifice, we have been made clean, not because we decided to finally do the right thing or get clean, take a shower, <laughs> if you will. Mm-hmm. Um but because of his sacrifice, we've been made clean. So we, in no point of our life, have any right to not extend mercy to others. Um, because even if we're not living in sin, um, we are still in need of a Savior. We're powerless without the help of the Holy Spirit. And that was a gift to us, not something that we received on our own. Um, and so this is so good. Um, I find, I don't think I'm a merciless person at all, but I find myself, you know, with certain things, maybe having that ad- attitude, like they should know better, you know, and not wanting to extend mercy, not wanting to be compassionate. Um, and so this is just a great reminder um, to be aware of who I am in my dirtiness, my sickness, um, and that the only way to health is through Christ and people who are in need of Christ are going to see that through us, through how we are merciful towards them. Um, that's how they see Jesus is through how we treat them. Um, so yeah. Yeah, I think you want to really enjoy worship songs. Do you really want to enjoy your life as a Christian? Do you really want to love Jesus deeply? The only way is if you know how unspiritually healthy you are, how sick you really are. Mm -hmm. You're not able to sing those worship songs and cry and really feel if you don't know how sick you are. This is why that whole nonsense of like, I'm not a uh, sinner anymore. I'm a saint. That's nonsense. Because unless you really understand that you are a sinner saved by grace, unless you really understand that you're sick, you can't sing songs like there's a song by Need to Breathe called Who Am I? And Who Am I? And uh, he says, I don't understand where your love comes from. You grow your roses on my barren soul. I missed a couple lyrics, but not understanding where God's love comes from. You grow your roses on my barren soul. This is where God chooses to grow his roses on our barren soul. And then he says, who am I? Who am I? Who am I to be loved by you? You can't even begin to ask that question unless you know how sick you really are. And it means 
Maybe you don't commit the heinous sins that you used to commit, but it means loving God's holiness and seeing his holiness so much that when you prick your finger and say, gosh, darn it, and you get angry and you want to seek vengeance on whatever pricked you, that, uh, that unprecedented feeling of wanting to take matters into your own hands and to hurt someone, that little feeling, which you may see as like, no, that's just a common response. Even seeing those things as sinful, seeing those things as a sickness is so important. It's so important that every little, we call them white lies. There's no such thing as a white lie. That's a sickness. That's a symptom of our sickness. We have to see every time we gossip, every time we look down on someone, every time we judge, every time we're not merciful, we have to see those things as not like, oh, you know, I'm just a little, I'm struggling, you know. I heard this one guy on TikTok. TikTok? Um, yeah, it was, a long, it was a TikTok a long time ago. Awesome. And I'm not, uh, even right now, I'm experiencing a sick symptom because I wanted to call him something because I was angry at what he said. But I'm not going to say that. But he basically said, like, I'm from the south side of heaven. And he was using it to uh, validate whatever sin he was talking about in the video. Well, I can, you know, you know, I'm just from the south side of heaven. So, I, you know, I struggle with this. But the way he was saying it was like, this is just a sin, a little pet sin that I'm going to keep on doing. And it just made me upset. Because that is the kind of stuff that keeps you from really knowing your sickness. And if you don't know your sickness, you don't know you're sick then you don't feel like you have a reason to be healed. And if you don't know you're sick and you don't feel like you need to be healed, then you won't appreciate the great physician. And you can't sing songs like, who am I, who am I, who am I to be loved by you? You can't sing things like, what a beautiful name. What makes it beautiful if we don't first see how merciful he is to us? So we love you guys. We want to see in the comments what you guys have to say. Are you merciful? And uh, thank you so much for supporting us. Amenpodcast.com to keep this ad free, to keep it, these episodes pumping out every week. Check out our second podcast, the like Amen Podcast Plus, the Alex Wilson podcast. Uh, we talk more about Matthew on that, on that stream over there. And, um, Amen podcast on Instagram to keep up to date with us, but let us know, are you merciful? And we can't wait to hear what you guys are going to say and be encouraged by your answers. Yep. Sounds good. Love you guys. Until next time, go out and be the church. Amen.